Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities, and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Welcome, 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 welcome again to Business Garage this morning. Uh, we're here as usual to talk about business, uh, doing business in, with kingdom principles. And today we have so many stories. Uh, we've been doing this for some time now and uh, we've had am- we have an amazing team with us. But before we start, I want to ask you to share the link. Share the link in your home, uh, wherever you are. Call, invite your friends. Share the link with all the business people that you know that you can, you can access and uh, we are live on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter Spaces, on Spirit TV, and also on GoTV channel 840. It's called CTV. So you're very welcome again. Share the link. Share the link. Invite your friends, relatives, family. Name it as we share again today. Uh, again, this morning I have an interesting team. The team that we had last time. Uh, Dr. Grace Munira. You're welcome. The Bishop of, <laughs> Bishop of Business. Uh, Olivia Ariho, you're very welcome, and also Ariho Kamara from Nomad, from uh, Imali, Africa, and Vine Pharmaceuticals. Yeah, uh, we send greetings to Apostle Mose and Pastor Ari in Nairobi, and also Pastor Jeremy and Pastor B3, uh, and other worship of leaders were in Nairobi. Uh, Pastor B3 and Apostle Mose are always with us, but last week and this week they are not able to be with us, so we send you greetings wherever you are. So friends, last week we talked about debt, uh, people scratched their heads, we talked about how to get out of debt, we agreed that first of all you have to be humble if you're in debt and talk nicely to your, to your creditors, be relational, have good relationships with them, uh, pray about it, save, increase your income streams and so on. Now the reality is that people need money, they need cash flow but also they need capital to start their business and today I want us to talk about how to raise capital or cash flow without borrowing. Is it even possible? Over to you, Mr. Grace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take a line from um, a book by um, Ernst Hemingway. The Sun also Another rises. Book. Yeah. He says, how did you go broke? How did you go bankrupt? He says two ways. Gradually, then suddenly. <laughs> so the issue is, if we are going to make some money, it's going to be gradually, then suddenly. There are habits you have, maybe bad, you know, habits, I would not call them bad, but um, the way you eat, gradually. Then suddenly you realize that trousers no longer fits. Now, I want to turn that on its head and say, okay, how how shall we get suddenly? How shall we get money? It will be gradually, okay, gradually. Then suddenly, the, the things we do, for instance, um, the bad habits we have, gradually. Then suddenly you issue that check and it bounces. But that is only a culmination of several small things that we've been doing that have not been 
good habit. So that is the suddenly beat. So what are we going to do gradually? And what are we going to do suddenly? Yeah, that would be my, 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 my study. All right. Point. What are you going to do gradually? And then do you want to put some meat to that? Like what? Of course, my, my view would be you put aside some money. Put aside some money. It's, you're not going to create, cre- you, know, you know, when you're down, when we're coming from the other conversation we had on, on debt, no one wants to deal with you actually. So even when, when we're coming to making money, it is going to be gradually. You're going to win back people's trust gradually. It's not going to be like I walk in and someone wants to give me 100 million. It won't, it won't happen. But someone will trust me with 500K, then gradually and then suddenly. Yeah. Makes sense. So you basically you're saying you ca- it's okay to grow small. Yes. All right. To start small rather yes. as you grow into bigger feet. Yes. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Grace. I, you forgot Kutumira. I am the one who's going to do the Kutumira. <laughs> and this morning I want to send uh, greetings to my financer who, as I was thinking about this thing of raising capital, I realized that most of our businesses are funded by our spouses. But because we, so I want to really, Kutumira, uh, my wife, and thank her, and thank her for, for being my greatest financer. Because you're incurring, uh, you know, there's no free lunch. Just because, you, <laughs> just because you're not pulling the money out of your pocket, yeah. you might think you're working on something, but someone is shouldering a burden somewhere. But as you're talking about that gradual and suddenly, I... I, I I've had time to think about this because everyone is talking about how do we raise capital. And with the information and the knowledge that we have about the five capitals, you get to realize that people are looking at the least form of capital as being the greatest hindrance for them to do business. Okay? Now, if you don't have spiritual conviction... First of all, what are the five capitals? Okay, the five capitals. So, the highest capital is spiritual capital. Then you have relational, then you have intellectual, then you have physical, and then you have the financial. Okay? Now, most people are stuck at the financial, which is the base. And I think if you are saying you don't have money and that's the reason you're not starting, you're really actually trying to cope out of something. Because I believe if you have this, it's a very strong spiritual con- conviction on what you do, on what you want to do, and you have built good enough relational connections and you have the intellectual know-how of what it is you want to do, and you even establish yourself with a physical presence in the market of that thing, then the financial just falls into play. So I I strongly believe that many people are coping out on the financial, but they actually lack either the intellectual or they lack the connections, because sometimes you have, like for me, I'm telling you, my wife was a very big support in this thing called business. And I write about it in one of my books on some of the things that I said and uh, she drove away crying. But it was because she was shouldering something that, you know, uh, was, she was funding the business, but in ways where there was lack because uh, money was being channeled elsewhere. So I think it's just understanding the five capitals and evaluating yourself along those lines that then you can strongly uh, come out and say, what is lacking in this equation is money. But in many cases, it's not money. In many cases, it's not money. It's either the intellect, the intellectual capital, or you lack the conviction. And if you can't bet on yourself, who is going to bet on you? Yeah, that's that's what I said. Wow, wow. (laughs) Over to you, Olivia. That's deep. 
picking up on what Kamara is talking about, the, the conviction, money is the list of the things. It's the list of the things. And it takes us back to identity. In Deuteronomy 8.18, when he talks about God gives us the power to create wealth. What's your identity? Who do you see yourself as? Whose are you? Whose are you? Because then it will answer so many questions about the other things, the list of these things, money. Whose are you? When, when we talk about the five capitals, the spiritual one being the biggest thing, that you take care of that and the least fall in line, God will bring you to networks that you will not bring yourself to. <laughs> yeah. That being said, uh, I, I think we should have a conversation of when we are talking about raising capital. When do you raise capital? Who do you get capital from and what sort of capital? And when we talk about what, we have automatically eliminated debt <laughs> as the host said before. So you're not going to talk about debt. But when do you raise capital? The startup capital when you're starting out? I guess, are we talking about that today? But I think we should because there are people who are starting up things. Yeah. Startup capital. Then there's bridge financing. Bridge financing is when you are at that place and you just need to get over the bridge. Eh? So you need some sort of something to take you over. And then there's just project financing. It could be that you're bringing in a big consignment and the sales will be there. You have projected sales, but you do not have the liquid cash at that moment. Please understand that when you're talking about capital today, we are talking about liquid cash. <laughs> okay? So it could be that Grace wants to bring in a big consignment and all his monies are tied up in other things. He's not in debt, but it's just that money is tied up elsewhere. And he has found a need for that big thing that he's bringing in. So that's like project financing. Then we go to the what? To the who? So we have decided the when? The who? Who do you get startup capital from? One of the things that people save for, I hope, is for starting businesses. I hope. Yeah. Like Kamara said, if you can't bet on yourself, it's very difficult to expect somebody else to bet on you. And it shows when you can't bet on yourself. If you cannot save enough to start your own business, it's better for me to go to Gross and tell him, I have an idea for 50 million, but I have 25. It shows some level of some skin in the game, conviction. As opposed to if I went to Gross, <laughs> Chikola, you know, it's 50 million, how much do you have? <laughs> That's the thing. I came to you, you understand? The conversation boils different as opposed to if I have 25 and I'm asking for 25. Have some skin in the game. So save some money. Start. If you're interested in something, if there's an idea that you have, please sow a seed in it by investing. <laughs> to borrow the preachers. Sow a seed in it by investing. The other thing is family. Kamala will talk about that. Family, friends, and fools. I don't know about the fools. But I'll talk about the family. Uh, when I was starting my business, one of my funders, who I didn't even go to, by the way, she just believed in my idea, 
and there have become many along the way, was my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law got 10 million of her pension. And I'm telling you, and that was five years ago. And she gave it to me to start business. And an investor. She was an investor. But I'd never done business before. But she just, I, I'd been married to her son for less than four years. That's but, enough business. Yeah. She just, and, and she believed in me. So friends, and then, yeah. My son, son was yes. <laughs> Yeah. Son, Tony, Tony will send you greetings. Yeah. So my mother-in-law was the first person to believe in me. Then there are friends who came along the way. And then there is more family that has come along the way. So friends, the other people are, I think we'll talk about that later. But I wanted Kamara to talk about the fools. So that we finish the conversation of and family, just friends and fools. talks about fools in yeah. that sense. I see the conversation is going to another uh, direction altogether. Because we came here to talk about money. But I see we're talking about relationships. We're talking yes. about God. Right. And which these are foundations for even to receive the money, like uh, Mr. Ariho said, the five capitals. This relationship thing you've talked about, I know Grace one time said marry well as one of the things to do business. And as you lean into fools, I want you to really talk about this relation because now it's a key thing that people need and goes back to values. Yes. People need to trust you to be able to give you money to set up your business. Because either you, when you get money, it will either fail or work. So lean into that as you talk about fools talk about the relationship aspect because it's very important even the bank needs to trust you but because they don't have a personal relationship with you they do due diligence and all those things so it's coming back to trust and relationship so over to you yeah, I, I don't really have uh, <laughs> like a thesis on fools but I think <laughs> I think anyone who is willing to believe in an idea that does not have a proof of concept is a fool because in, 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 in our context here, we, we don't have that many venture capitalists, angel funders, and all yeah. these people, all those things. Are, so I think if you're looking at funding for all the businesses in our context, in Uganda or maybe the greater part of, of Africa, uh, you're looking to family, you're looking to friends. Yeah. And if there's anyone that's outside that bracket that is willing to bet on your idea and give you money, they fall in the category of fools. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are foolish enough to exclude to take God <laughs> from that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, so that's 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 the the thing. But um even as we talk about raising capital, um uh, and I want uh, Mr. Munira to also lean into this. I just feel like whereas the interpre I don't know any businesses apart from one a friend of mine who started a business and he gave himself the title of regional manager. He was the founder of the business, but he chose to call himself a regional manager. Uh, but everyone who starts a business, the business card that they put out has CEO. And they think that they are chief executive officer. I have come to learn that they are the chief everything officer. You start by doing everything. And in that you bring, you, you, what you're doing for the business is what I want to talk about. You are doing everything because you're trying to save money. Because people are thinking, I don't have money to start the business. Why? They are starting the business with an organogram of 50 people, placing salaries on each of those people, and it looks too big to even start. They are stuck in the headlights. Okay? A friend of mine told me that they had this uh, friend of theirs that every time they sat down to discuss a business idea and they said, oh, we are going to do piggery. 
the man says, yeah, 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 that's a good idea. So now, when we have 40 acres of land, <laughs> and we start with like 80 pigs, you know, but because he's scaling the thing so big, it's not bad to think big, but he's stuck now yes. because he doesn't know what the first step will be. So in very many businesses, what we need to do is start with how do we even bring the cost down so that we are within that range that gives us the ability to start and snowball and begin to grow. So you see the big picture, which is great, but how can you simplify it into one small action that you can take that then allows you to kick off as a business? Maybe you, you, you want to... Okay. Yeah. Is my mic... Okay. I thought... For a moment, I'm going to take it to another different angle. And this is where I'm going to go. When... I'm going to assume you've lost your relational capital because you've been in debt. So even the people who should trust you don't trust you. So you're, in, you're bought alone. Why don't we do butter trade? Okay? There's something you have that I don't have that can create some cash in the middle. So there is a service. Let's say you, you're an accountant. I don't have an accountant. Come offer services of an accountant, and then I'll give you medicine. Okay? And you, we shall both preserve our cash. Yes. Because if, if you're at the bottom, you really need cash. A, a quick example comes to my head. There are people who used to have difficulty in paying fees, but yet the father had a, a plantation of maize. So the father would bring the maize to school, and the school would value the maize, and then they would write off the what? The school fees. Actually, I found out that um, Pepsi Cola, Pepsi Cola, was exporting um, the way it got into Russia. They took Pepsi to Russia and they were paid using vodka. So Pepsi had enough time to actually win market share in Russia in return for vodka. So then um, Pepsi brought imported vodka and became the largest distributor of vodka in, in the US. Yeah, I think we can creatively think around that. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> I don't know how to add on Pepsi and vodka. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> um, when, Kamara, you hinted on something, values. Values. You know how we always say we are unethical business as Christians. We like to you say, I'm mythical and what. And I found out that whether you like it or not, every business has a spiritual angle, whether they are Christians or not Christians. And every human being has a spiritual angle. And that spiritual angle determines their value system. So when you're looking for capital, it also means that you don't take it from just about anyone. Yeah. You're not in dire need. <laughs> you, you, you have a value system. Eh? It's almost like you're quoting someone. Yeah. You know? You, you have to look out for someone who fits, or whichever capital fits within your same value system. You have to look out for people who value what you value. It's an alignment thing. What that means is that your, 
because every time you get capital from someone, you're starting a relationship. It's a relationship. And if you set your relationship from the beginning, you've given it boundaries that this is where we stop, this is where we go overboard. Last, last week we talked about tithe. I mean, you could get a partner who is not, who is not for those things. Or they probably just don't understand it. And yet for you, you're really convicted that my next breakthrough is coming from me observing this principle, practicing this principle. My breakthrough is coming from there. So you don't take capital from just about anyone. Hey, you know, like, I appreciate, but not today. Yeah. But also, even, even if someone has your value system, they may be asking for too much. For example, equity. I could ask Grace for 40%, and yet he knows that for, for a fact, he cannot give 40% out of his business, but because at that time, probably, he doesn't have the money, I'm like, Grace, 40%. I solve all your problems. But 40% is not enough, is, is, is not equivalent to what I'm offering. So you have to calculate those things. Also, along the way, are you going to be able to keep up with the 40%? And if you're not able to, is this relationship one that you can go back on the table and talk that grace or money? That time when I gave you the 40%, eh? things were tight. Yeah. I wasn't seeing clearly. <laughs> can we renegotiate? Oh, it's the sort of relationship where, eh, how do I tell grace that this is not working? The reason you want to do that, to, to set everything clear from the start, is that it affects how you work. It affects how you, you make decisions in the business. For example, if I came to Chris or to whoever is starting a business and I want to take out money so early as an equity partner, I want to take out money so early and yet we have to grow the business. That also affects it. So every time you look for someone who is going to give you capital or people who are interested in giving you capital, look at these things. Are they ready for the growth that I want to take before we take out? I've had the conversation here before where we, the panel has talked about retained earnings or reinvesting back. That is a source of capital, retained earnings. That 20% you put away is a sort of source of capital in that period where there's a very big deal and, you know, preparation and opportunity. 20% will find you a big deal and you're easy to just take it out and put it there. So practice these principles, separate the money put away some money, when the deal comes, you will know that this is the right time for me to take out that money and do this deal. Yeah. Wow. Thank you, Olivia. Thank you, Tim. Now, we have talked about trust, uh, really, through, uh, first of all, trusting God that will provide for you, but then people to trust you. But people trust you because of either your values, but also what you can do. Like, mm-hmm. if Kamara told me he wants uh, some money from me to go and start He's never done it. It, uh, it would be hard for me to trust him with my money as far as that project is concerned. But then there are spaces also where people go and pitch. Yes. Yeah? As in raise capital. It's not debt, yes. but raise like equity, even donations. Yeah? Yes. Just lean into that. Uh, where, which, which places are those? Because also I know we're talking to both small businesses and big, and big businesses. And reality is there are times you will need $5 million to start a project. If you're scaling up, like Mr. Gracia, you've been in pharmaceuticals for yeah. a while. Yeah. Now you want to start a plant to make some of the things you sell. Where do I find that money? 
you can you have the experience yeah. we trust you now yeah. wake because if me if three of us your friends cannot raise five million dollars where do you go <laughs> you can get uh, equity funding private equity there are there are people who have private equity funds yeah. that can uh, support you normally they, they, of course they are they are they are they mean mama amount is quite quite huge but I have accessed private equity funds uh, before. You say the minimum account amount yes. is yet huge. Yeah. Yes. So at the moment, I think they are talking in terms of about $5 million. So you must have a plan to utilize the $5 million, absorb it, absorption capacity, and invest it. But they also want companies that are at the edge, and this would really catapult them to a whole different angle. So they are not going to find you struggling and then give you their money to struggle, to, to, to multiply your struggles with. Uh, <laughs> you see, they want to know that you have a tested business model and probably you've been in the market for about five years. So then their investment will just help um, grow that by, by maybe 3x or 5x. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just want to, maybe to bring it down because someone out there may be listening saying, you know, $5 million, mm. uh, that is my budget for the next 15 years, <laughs> you know. Uh, but just to bring it down to some practical steps. Now, when you hang around Grace, you, you begin to look for books. Mm. So I found this book uh, this week uh, called The Customer-Funded Business by John Mullen. Mm. And um, they give very interesting um, advice on how to actually raise capital. So one of them, if you notice, most of the people on the real estate uh, in the real estate business started as brokers. Just first of all, get in the game somehow. Yes. Find somewhere along that value chain to peg yourself as you begin to learn what's happening. In the, maybe you may find that you, you, the, there is an area you hadn't thought about. For you, you thought about building and selling, but maybe even acquiring, modernizing, uh, refurbishing could be the thing that actually brings that pleasure. Because you know in business, it has to give you a kick as well. Mm. If it's something that you're doing just uh, that is a mundane thing to do for the sake of money, you quickly lose interest. And when tough times come, that's when you bail out. Yes. But if it gives you some form of pleasure, some form of fulfillment, that is key. So one of the ways that I would say for people who want to get into business and are looking for capital and don't actually have the capital, find that space in the... Uh, in the game where you can enter, the, like the minimum entry place, and then first land the trade. So uh, brokerage or matchmaking, um, you know, space. The other one is um, subscription, running a subscription-based service, okay? So uh, asking people, like uh, I was listening to this podcast and the guy said, you know, I raised my prices by 20% and asked people to subscribe and give them an extra day or something if they paid early. And that's how people were able to give him the equity for him to run. Mm. Mm. The other one is advanced payment. Yeah. So if you go to your customer and say, listen, um, I'm going to give you a 10% discount mm. uh, if you can pay for the next three months. Okay? Mm. Now, if you do that for many customers, you'll find that now the thing we're talking about, the cash conversion cycle. Mm. You, you are yet to deliver, but now you are liquid. Mm. So I think for me, those three are some of the very practical ways Anyone who wants to get into business can, um, starting with, uh, with where they are financially. Either go in as a matchmaker, brokerage, or uh, run a subscription-based service where people pay 
for the service before they consume the service, or then allow people to pay in advance so that you hold on to the cash, you're able to do so much more with it as you deliver a world-class service, and then you have that conversion cycle turned on its head, which favors you in business. So I think for me those are the three uh, that you can, one can actually take on, maybe. If, I think if you, if you configure, reconfigured your value chain uh, creatively, like you said, ask people to prepare, or at least ask people to pay you cash on delivery. So then you have zero uh, data's days. Are they data's days or creditors' days? Anyway, <laughs> those ones. Um, so you have zero. But I also think that um, you can, you can, you know, you can be a like you said, you can be a broker. So um, Chris wants something. Yeah, <laughs> I know that uh, Olivia has it. So I say, Chris, um, I say, Olivia, when Chris pays you, uh, remember me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and when Chris remember pays, me. indeed, a uh, 5% comes to me as, as brokerage. And that can create uh, some cash for us to be able to then move to the next thing that we really want. The thing I'm, I'm looking at is, you know, your bridges are burnt and you can't access any funding. Even the bank won't touch you. So what do you do in between there? You could have excess capacity, maybe office space that is excess. Then you could rent it out. You could have excess uh, workforce. You can actually rent out the workforce. Instead of laying them off, lend them out to, to, to your advertising company and say, you know what, I have this accountant. Be with them for the next six months or at least let us share. Let us share. Uh, and, and, and we need to conserve some cash and be able to uh, make some money. But lastly, the other thing I was thinking about, you could productize your service or add a service component to your product. Okay? So, you sell cleaning um, services. Mm. Add the cleaning products to your, to your offering. If you are running a restaurant, maybe a cafe, then add uh, coffee mugs as physical products. You're adding a product to the service, and therefore, your, your, you know, your basket value is going to increase, and therefore your sales are going to increase, and you're going to creatively create, create some cash uh, in-house. Sometimes we have to create the cash in-house among, within the, the things that we are actually uh, trading in. Yeah. Um, when you talked about renting out, uh, <laughs> you rent out your stuff. That's radical. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I hope they, they come, come back. back. Yeah. Yes, but I thought that was very creative. And it brought me to a space of, for every business, you study your business. Know what works for you. You'll find out that there are ways of you raising capital within the business. Those small, small things. You'll find wastage yeah. within the... the, the either product or the customer cycle, you'll find that there is wastage. Probably you didn't have to call that, to make that phone call. Mm. One phone call, one excellent phone call is enough to confirm a delivery, something like that. Mm. Study your, your processes, your business processes. You'll find out that there are ways where capital has been wasted. So there is wastage sometimes. And then the other thing is that... Um, the thing about setting culture 
and and that took me back to what Kamara was saying about the the first thing you talk about conviction that whether we we allow it or not as Christians or as business people we set culture even in the marketplace so you have to decide from the time you enter into business what you're going to allow and what you're not going to allow so you can decide that for me I take capital from this sort of people I don't take capital from this sort of people. Oh, this is what I do and what is, this is not what I do. I keep going back to that because it speaks to your identity. And your identity, right believing causes right living. Your identity is going to take you a long way even when you're stuck. When you know that, ah, this idea wasn't mine. God just deposited it in me. I'm a steward. So even when you reach that point where things are tight, you know who you are and you go back there. It has worked for me several times. <laughs> and you even attract capital, by the way. You'll attract capital because somehow it just happens. When you have the right believing, you attract the right sort of people and the right capital. Yes. Yeah, I, I, you've said something very interesting about, I think conviction is, uh, is very powerful. When you're absolutely uh, sold out to this idea, and you're willing to go the extra mile. There's a question they ask here in Worship Harvest. Have you done uh, what you can or all you can do? <laughs> you know? And you ask yourself, have I done all I can do, really? And uh, there's a, this billionaire gentleman called Dan Pena, and he says something interesting. He says, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Sometimes we are too shy to ask we are too shy to ask. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. If it keeps making noise, it will get the grease. The other one may trust all it can if it's not squeaking enough to call for that grease to be added to it. It will just break. Yeah. So the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Ask, ask, ask. Yeah. Can I add just one thing before? Um, crowdfunding. Yes. Crowdfunding. Yeah. Me, I have run out of cash before. I have stood up in front of my staff and said, you know what? I want money from you. <laughs> I want money from you. So we have a consignment we want to import. And when we import it, we shall make so much money. And I'll pay you so much. If you subscribe to this idea, pull the money here, we will do it. If you don't subscribe, it's still very fine. So you can do crowdfunding creatively. Ask the people around you maybe even your staff or relatives or whatever, then they'll be able to uh, chip in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm enjoying this and we're about to close and we'll soon get into our response. But just one thing that when you said crowdfunding, yeah. the thing of partnerships, we still fear to partner with people. Yeah? We still don't want to bring people into our businesses. Yes. And I think it's a culture we must break yes. as business people. Yeah, because personally I've raised money before through partnerships. Yeah. I made two phone calls to two people and money was available to do business. Yeah. What do we need to break? Because uh, Mr. Kamara here might be good in advertising or uh, in pharmaceuticals or money lending and you need, sorry, raising capital mm. and you need yeah. money but you don't want again to bring in partners and I think that's why people even run to borrowing because what the business is doing, the bank is doing is becoming your partner yes. but with strict terms yes. but the long term relationships becomes easier to, to raise capital just talk about that as we close and for me that's where I lean into crowdfunding mm. or deals yes Okay. so there is this thing, Chifuna yes. you get it? 
we are buying at 50 million, selling at 120 million. So we shall share. So I'm inviting you to the table, but you're not going to stay at the table. So after we do a number of these uh, deals, then I can know when to trust you, but also whether you trust me. So initially, let's just do one deal and get out of it. You're not committed to anything. Mm. This thing is one month. We shall be paid in 30 days. And we were paid yesterday. We split that money. And off you go, off I, I go. go. So gradually, then suddenly. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what I would think. I think that, yes, I understand the fear. Mm. But how can, even if you, you were coming to the company, my thinking would be, let's first have a loose uh, kind of understanding with each other. So what are you going to do? What am I going to do? Then after this, maybe six months trial, we would say, okay, I see your real strengths are this. I see your weaknesses are this. So we are coming together in order to do this, and then we can put that on paper. Yeah. But also, I think that um, we should also allow people to exit at some point. Yes. Because people grow old, people you know, develop different interests. <laughs> yeah. And say, you know what? If after some time you feel this thing, even if it's working for you, by the way, will give you a backdoor exit. In case you want to exit, this, are, this is it's still okay to exit. And then we can bring in a new person or move this boat to uh, the way it is when you exit. A minute, a minute. Uh, I was reminded of Proverbs 15, 22. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed, but in the multitude of counselors, they are established. There's a thing when you're asking, why, why don't you? There's, there's the me thing. I can't kange, yes? Micah thing. I want to, <laughs> to... This is Micah thing. But small things don't grow. It's up more where it says that, do you want to be a big fish? In a small pond or a small fish in a big pond. So you'll have to decide which one of those you want to be from the word go. And crowdfunding, like Grace was saying, trust. Some people have been burnt. And so their hesitation is founded on experience. Yeah, they are not like, ah, I gave my money there and it didn't come back. But you also have that trusted group of people that you can start with, your spouses. Like was saying, yeah, our spouses, shout out. Yeah, yeah. they have found, it's funded most of our things, you know, there are the people you bounce off ideas, but they're also the, they are the biggest fools, in <laughs> quote-unquote, you know. They are there to fund you, they put in stuff. So have that group of people that you know that I make three, four, two phone calls, or sometimes you don't need to make the phone call because the person is within the bedroom, but yeah. <laughs> So the crowd, your crowd, decide who your crowd is going to be. Yeah. All right. You dream out loud in that case. (laughs) (laughs) You sleep talk and they know what the issue is. Yeah. um, Partnerships are very interesting. I believe believe very much in partnerships. Um, Also, there is is a a story that is told uh, of the the, the English breakfast. the, the pig and the chicken got together and they decided to do something and they say one brought a contribution but one was committed um, so they, they were in a partnership yeah um, so, so in many cases it's understanding and I think someone was hosted here, I think it was uh, the lawyer, Alex Matovu and he said for you to start a partnership, please put money down 
Yeah. So I think for me that is what I would say, that when you're starting a business, a partnership, um, it's okay to understand what it is that you're doing, but all of you need to put money in the game for you to see where the money is going. When money isn't put in the game and it is just, uh, that's what uh, Apostle Moses says, and it becomes very hard to correct later, um, when especially you say, now we, this is how it should go. Yeah. Mm. All right. Or if you don't have money, but you have something to bring to the table, yeah. quantify it. Yes. If it is land you're bringing to the table, the valuation of that land is the money you're yeah. bringing to the table. Yeah. yeah. So I think there's an interesting question we'll come up with relating to partnerships. And I think let's look forward to it uh, because I think it's the next stage of, of raising capital. We need to partner, but then how? What do you bring on the table? So friends, uh, I think we've enjoyed today. I've enjoyed it personally. And uh, we've come to the end of today's business garage. But before we close, uh, the Bible is very clear about who gives you the power to get wealth. It is God. And through Jesus Christ, we get that access. And I want to give an opportunity for everyone out there who has not got the chance to give their life to Christ to do it right now. It's a very simple thing. Uh, you can say this prayer with me. Uh, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity today to know you, but also to start a relationship with you. I want to surrender my life to you. I want to declare you as my Lord and Savior. And in you, I know that all things shall be well. So today, I declare you as my Lord and Savior. Take my life and do something very significant with it. Uh, in the name of Jesus, we pray this. Amen. Friends, uh, if you've just said that prayer with me, uh, there's a number on your screen, 0775-642-449. Call that number. There's someone at the end of the line who will tell you what to do next. And again, thank you guys for joining me this morning. Uh, thank you guys for being with us. Stay tuned in next Sunday at the same time, but also stay here for, uh, for Main Garage at 9 a.m. and also 11 a.m. Have a blessed Sunday. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555. It's